the Pentangle. Jackie McShay on vocals, John Renborn guitars, Bert Yanch guitar, Danny Thompson bass, Terry Cox drums. We heard two selections from an excellent single disc collection on the Shanaki label entitled Early Classics, all of which were recorded between 1968 and 1972. That was Train Song and In Time. I'm J.D. Buell, and this is The Morning Train on mutinyradio.fm and .sf. As I'm sure you have been reminded this last week, the reason that David Jones, or Davy Jones, who had been toiling for years with his original name and a number of beat groups changed his name to David Bowie was because of the advent of this group.
Getting every second of that well-intentioned feedback. This is The Morning Train on MutinyRadio.fm in San Francisco. I'm J.D. Buell. Proud and happy to be here. Thank you for joining me for today's program. We started with the monkeys. I was saying that uh, Davy Jones 
in the UK had been leading a number of pop bands and rock bands. And then the other Davy Jones came to America and became quite the star. Davy Jones himself, the the monkey, had already been a child star in England and came here, became Davy Jones of the Monkeys, and doggone it, David Jones had to change his name once again, and that's how we got David Bowie. We heard sometime in the morning, not Davy, that was Mickey singing, my fav- one of my favorite songs from the Monkeys. We heard All Apologies, Nirvana, live acoustic in New York. Love the cello on that one. Dion gave us Believe What You Say from his 2008 album Heroes. After uh, after that was Jason Isbell, his 2015 album uh, Something More Than Free. If It Takes a Lifetime, good songwriting, great songwriting going on there. Again, with the yeah, yeah, yeahs, great songwriting. Mysteries, which I refer to as No Mysteries. Certainly my theme song these days. When one gets terminally ill, one loses all patience with mysteries. (laughs) You know, just give it to me straight. Um, And then this wheels on fire by the birds. Uh, From what I've read, nobody was happy with the version of this wheels on fire written by Bob Dylan that came out on album. I think it was on Dr. Birds and Mr. Hyde. That is the alternate take of which Clarence White was very proud. The birds and this wheels on fire. Um, thankfully, there are no wheels on fire at the moment here in the Mutiny Radio studio. I can't say that is always the case, but here is the woman that puts out all wheels on fire here at Mutiny. Here at Mutiny Radio, uh, Pam Benjamin is with me, and she's just the world's greatest sweetheart. And Aww. and you gotta love her. And You're she the makes it. She makes it possible for me to come here and do what I do each week. But she's got a big event coming up that she wants you to know about. Please. Well, first I want to say I so appreciate uh, JD Buell that you play the entire song. <laughs> that you left the feedback in on the rest. You didn't fade it out. You didn't. You didn't talk over it. You said, this is the song, this is the music, and that's what we're here for. And I really appreciate that. Um, Yeah, so here at the station, March 2nd through 6th, we're having the very first annual. And gosh, I hope it continues to be an annual thing. We'll see. We'll see if I can uh, survive it. But it's the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 2nd through 6th, 2016. It's 43 days away, which is... not enough time. <laughs> Which is, no. I wish wow. that it was four months away. I wish it was. Well, at one time it was it, four months away. It was. And exactly. now we really need you to uh, get on board and attend this singular event. Yeah, well, it's 25 shows in five days that are all here at the station. And uh, we have 24 visiting comedians coming from uh, national and international comedians. We have a comedian from Germany, excited that she's coming. Uh, we have comedians as far flung as New York, Illinois, Georgia, um, Texas, Utah, obviously Washington, Oregon, very popular comedy states. But we're all over the map, South Carolina, Florida. Um, yeah, so all of these comedians, Massachusetts, 
Um, and we're putting up all these comedians in five-star hotels no, around the San Francisco area. So. No, they're actually, I only need housing for four comedians. I told all the comedians <laughs> that if they couldn't afford to stay here, that I would find them a place oh, to stay. Gosh. So I, I'm housing one of them, obviously, um, and I still need housing for three more. So. Wow. Hey, do you live in San Francisco and you want to house a comedian? They're funny, weird people. <laughs> I'm going to give all the comedians that are visiting, that are staying with people, a little sheet that's like... Be cool. Yeah, yeah. Do the dishes. Do the dishes. Clean up after yourself. Your people should never have to do a dish. They you shouldn't leave poo on the seat. You know, stuff like that. Like That's clean right. up your clean up your pee-pee drops, boys. Volunteer uh, to walk the dog. Right. Sure, walk the dog. Get to know San Francisco. Take the dog out. But um yeah, so twenty-four visiting comedians, three of which need housing. All the tickets are available on universe.com. And people keep saying, Well, why didn't you use Eventbrite? And it's because universe.com waived all of our fees because we're a nonprofit. So they were like, oh, hey. We love them. Yeah, so they were great. Um, They're very helpful. And all the tickets are available there. You just put Mutiny Radio into the search bar under San Francisco, and it's all right there. You can also go to Facebook and uh, join the event. It's sitting around there March 2nd through 6th. It's the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016. And we have 20 local hosts, which are going to be amazing uh, for these 25 shows with really weird topics. Um, we have like the usual stuff, the clean show and the dirty show. And there's, of <laughs> course, an all ladies comedy night. Uh, and But we have other weird things like storytelling, my favorite drug. There's the super uh, sober set versus super stoned, where the comedian is going to first do a set. And then they're going to go outside in the window and they're going to smoke bowls, like so many bowls, like two bowls they're gonna take two bowls to the dome of like just crazy i'm gonna get some train wreck or something crazy right make them smoke like a specifically their joint you know and they have to sit by the window and kind of smoke it and then they no have to cheating no sharing no no sharing everyone gets their own joint and then they're gonna come back in and do another set either the same set or a different set or just it's gonna be fun to see what they're like when they're wicked it's wicked. a science project it's a science it's a comedy science project uh, we also have one-liner comedians, crowd work only, which is no material. It's all just going to be, hey, here's you guys. Here I am. Um, there's the crazy cat people, which is just all animal material. So cats, 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 dogs, rats, fish, whatever people are into. Uh, full band backing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the Hell Hat show is when the audience, they write when at the door. They get little three-by-five cards, and they have to write something on it. And the comedian is going to pick three of these cards out at the beginning of their set and they have to somehow work these cards into their set. And I say seamlessly, but I mean, who who knows how that's gonna work. Um, who are you voting for? Political comedy, I hate my family too. <laughs> that's another show. On Sunday, there's the roast of Jesus, which I think is gonna be really funny. It's all um, Jesus material and religious humor. Uh, and then uh, karaoke song and set. Those are just some of the different themes, just to try to make this really fun. Wow. Right. Yeah, so, each show is only an hour long, and it will feature um, three out-of-town comedians and an in-town host so that in that 50 minutes of comedy, everyone gets at least like a 12-minute set. Because you, the thing about, I've been at festivals before, and I've, I've been at a lot of comedy shows. I've done a lot of comedy in the past four and a half years. But the thing that's a bummer is you'll get booked for a show, and this happened to me when I was at a festival in Seattle. It was a great festival, but the most I ever got was seven minutes. And it's kind of hard to get going with an audience unless you have 10 minutes. At least. Yeah. At least. Um, so I didn't want to have like one of these festivals where I'm like, okay, everyone gets three shows and y'all get five minutes because people are, we have two people coming from New York. So I'm not going to, I want to give at least every comic 30 minutes 
minimum of stage time. And there's more than that too, because for the best, the best people, I'll be um, at the closing show, the best of the fest. It's going to be a two-hour show, and I'm going to personally choose mm -hmm. my favorite people from the festival. Um, so that's going to be great. So some people are going to have four shows, and then we even have we have three off-site. Um, events that are going to be really fun. We're sponsored by Asiento, which is half a block from us here at the station on 21st and Bryant. That's where they are. And uh, every night of the week, if you go there after the festival or say you were part of the festival, they're going to have happy hour prices for everybody. But on that mm. first Wednesday, they're throwing us a party, Yay. which is going to be really fun. So if you volunteer, you hang out. It's free food, free drinks. Yay. Um, but all week, happy hour pricing. Thank you, Asiento. On Thursday, at SF Eagle, which is a great, great gay bar. I have been there. I love that place. My, I, my friend Terry Morris took me to Eagle not long ago. The best back patio in the universe. I did not venture to the back <gasps> patio. I was, I was stand, I was standing at the, at the bar watching uh, the grannies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's there, and they have videos of cocks everywhere. It's a lot of fun at the <laughs> SF Eagle. I always have a good time. They have a great open mic on Wednesdays that I go to, uh, and so they agreed to be a festival sponsor. And on that Wednesday, they're gonna have, or on that Thursday. Not only are they having a big party for us and they're waiving the door charge, which is great, uh, they're also going to have happy hour prices for all of our people and our comedians will drink for free. Yay. Yay. And then we're going to have a um, special comedy show there at midnight that they're doing for us. And Colin Holtz will be hosting and he's another host from the from the festival so it's going to be really great so it's a free show that people can attend and it's gonna, we're going to have all those out of town comics so you get a chance to see them. And then on Saturday... 3-5 from 2 to 4 in the afternoon at Brainwash, which is a very popular comedian spot. Uh, we're going to give these out-of-town comedians the Brainwash experience with the Tony Sparks show. So that show's also going to be free from 2 to 4. And PBR is one of our sponsors, and mm. they work with Brainwash, so we're going to have free beer for everybody. Woo! For everybody in the audience. Everyone. Oh, yeah. Comics from out of town, comics from in town, everybody should be at this show. And then do the comics have to repeat their set after drinking all that free beer? They can do whatever they oh, want. Oh, oh. Maybe they're maybe That's a different take a nap. Thing. Okay. That's a different thing. Let's oh. see if they'll take a nap before um, <laughs> before the show that night. Um, because again, that's from two to four in the afternoon and then we have shows here at the station okay. uh, Wednesday through Sunday from uh, five to 11. Except on Sunday, it's from four to 10. So, um, because we're gonna we're having a live podcasting thing from four to six, and then there's um, three shows. So that's that's the festival. Right. I mean, I'm, well, let's review. Let's let's be. review. What what are we talking about? Wednesday, March second, and Thursday, March third, and Friday, March fourth, Saturday, and Sunday, the fifth and sixth. Events every day. What else are the important things people need to remember? Well, uh, individual shows are $10 a piece, but I'm trying to push day passes. So if you get a day pass, it's only $35, so it's $15 savings. And when you go buy your tickets at universe.com, if you buy either a festival pass or any of the day passes, and you agree to tweet um, the ticket sales or Google Plus them, we're going to give you an extra 5% discount. So wow. you can get 10% off of your ticket that's already discounted and have your whole day pass, because I'm trying to kind of push that so and if, if you really really want to support the station and you just have tons of money and you're like what do i do with all of my fabulous cash i don't know what to do with it you can buy um a festival pass for 150 dollars, and then if you tweet twatted it or whatever google plus it'd be 10 percent off of that oh. um but you it would really be supporting the station and you would have access to all 25 shows and all of our extra um, parties and all that and we would treat you like a VIP we'd say oh wow. festival pass buyer you wow. and I mean 
if you bought all the tickets individually, it would be $250. So we're still giving you like a, a super cut. Um, so yeah. it sounds like when I show up on Wednesday morning, March 2nd, there's going to be comedians sleeping all around here in the studio and waking up and rolling around in sleeping bags and stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm used to all kinds of things when I walk in here right. on a Wednesday morning, but that might be a bit much even yeah, for me. I'm definitely not going to have stepping any over them. Okay. sleeping here, uh, right. but hopefully some people will, I mean, there's, there's 20 in-town comedians that are all, like, festival hosts, so I'm hoping some of those people will step up and yeah. house some comedians. Well, we need a lot of people to step up. Every station has its its aspirations and its difficulties, and those of you who believe in and support Mutiny Radio as a San Francisco arts culture community uh we would need you to come through for us on the comedy festival and come join everybody and i'm even gonna have to come over here in the evening and hang around and and do my you know i'm, I'm working on my own comedy material are you so, really? yes 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 i'm I, i'm working up my list of the 10 things i won't miss <sighs> when when i die later later this year or next year is I mean, that I'm what working they're on... telling you they're really saying they're like they're like End of this year. That's all you got. Oh uh, yeah, I, yeah you I've got you know, I've got a, I've got a short while. So I've got. To, I'm working on this list of yeah. what I won't miss about this world. Okay. Let's hope I have no consciousness to miss anything. But what? if I do, should I find myself after death stuck with consciousness? Right. There are going to be ten things I'm not going to miss. And the number ten, which I experience every morning when I drive here on Wednesday to yeah. do my show. Lane splitting <gasps> motorcyclists. Okay, Absolutely. I'm sorry. Lane splitting motorcyclists. I will not miss you when I am when I'm on the other side and I'm on that other shore. No more. It's I don't like have to deal with that. They have a death wish. They do. And they, you don't. <laughs> they they uh, they've got a they've got a bead on my 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 side view mirror. That's what they've got. Yeah. I don't know how you can do that. Even if even if I were a motorcyclist, I would drive politely behind the car in front of me on the left so I can be seen in two mirrors. Absolutely. And I would simply make my way across the bridge like everyone in an automobile. Right. But no. That's not their... So that's number 10. That's work, number 10. I'm one working of, my way up. One of my friends is a motorcyclist, and she, her front wheel exploded <laughs> on the Bay Bridge, and she was so scared, and she said, thank God she was on the side of the, the Oakland side where there's a shoulder. Because yeah. once you get past... Once you get past the Treasure Island, mm -hmm. if anything happens, you're mm -hmm. just sitting on the freeway yeah. <laughs> with, yeah. a, with a broken bike. I know. It's so dangerous. We all have our our Bay Bridge stories. In fact, one of these one of these festivals will have to have a Bay Bridge story night. That's actually a really good idea. Okay. You'll we have to, all have one. You have to talk to Chuck Weiss. I read his he's a show on Saturday, Saturday nights really late, and he was abducted by aliens, <laughs> and they took well they took him on the Bay Bridge, oh and my. they put him back in a different place than when they took him. Oh my. So like he remembers being on the Bay Bridge, and then all of a sudden. He was put back in a different time zone, and he talks about the Bay Bridge. It's 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 an unbelievable story. It's well, amazing. We, we all have one. I have mine. I will gladly share it on Bay Bridge Story Night. But that's <laughs> but that's for another festival. That's for next year's festival. Yes. This year's festival comes in March, and please think of ways that you can support us. Find us online. Uh, there is an event going around Facebook, right? There's an official yes. event being shared and spread around. So if it shows up on your screen, push interested or push attending or push like or do something yeah, to show that you saw us and you're going to come down here and take advantage of all that free beer or whatever it was. Yeah, right? thank you so much for the time, J.D. Oh, I yeah. really appreciate oh, it. Yeah. And I love the music that you play. It, it makes me working here, it makes it a lot easier for me to either clean or get things done. Uh, and I really, I love the whole, that you're all over the map. When you played the, the 
um, Nirvana song, I'm like, all right, from David Bowie to Nirvana with the little history lesson about the Davy Jones thing. I didn't know about that. So now I feel I feel like an enriched and more intelligent person. Well, thank I'm you. always thankful to be here. It's a it's a treat for me and a very special thing for me. So I thank you. Yeah. I thank you, the listeners. Please do what you can to carve out some time and come spend uh, an evening with us at the Comedy Festival. And we'll see you there. Pam, thank you so much. Last, year, last week, before all my favorite rock stars started dying, um, there, we were going to celebrate the birthday of a star who already is dead long ago, Howlin' Wolf. His birthday is the 8th of January, and he was born in 1910. My gosh. And so finally, getting around to some Howlin' Wolf.
version of Backdoor Man and Smokestack Lightning. Both of those came from a 2LP set, The Best of Chess Blues, and I'm very happy to provide you with some Howlin' Wolf today. Another situation that's been on my mind is Flint, Michigan, with its 99,000 population being declared by the Michigan state governor an impoverished area already, and it now has a drinking water crisis, and FEMA has been sent in since there was an emergency declaration. The corrosive water from the Flint River leached lead from the old pipes. They had switched their water from Detroit to Lake Flint while new pipes were being built to Lake Huron. So Flint, Michigan, in the news for the worst possible reason. And it touches me because when I was a 13-year-old boy, Flint, Michigan was the rock and roll capital of the world because that's where Grand Funk was from.
band Funk Railroad from Flint, Michigan, and their version of the Rolling Stones' Gimme Shelter, which was a single in the uh, very early 70s. Grand Funk Railroad, once they broke up, three of the four members continued recording and performing under the name Flint for a short while. Well, we're going to move to some music now from far more recent releases, starting with New Order.
Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, You Get Me High, from the 2014 album Hypnotic Eye. San Francisco's own Angelica Ulrich gets me high. I like that song, The 11th. It's from her brand new album, Acoustics. 
Also from new albums, the artist known as Lone Lady, her 2015 album Hinterland, we heard Groove It Out, and also from 2015, New Order and Restless. It's time to uh, come to the end of the line for the morning train today. I'm going to go out with my single Esmeralda, your reminder that the J.D. Buell Band is playing this Saturday with the Raz and Slick at the Hemlock Tavern. Please come down and see the band and say hi, and you can purchase your very own green 45 for Esmeralda. I thank you for being with me today, and until we meet again, this is J.D. Buell saying, make it a great day for someone.
Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast got I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool and MutinyRadio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion. 
at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe it's a cash cock honey (laughs) Billy Bob you ever want to be funny well my dogs think I'm funny Daryl well I mean you ever want to be like in front of an audience like other than like squirrels dogs and dead persons oh shit from time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke on the innocent
we're the Linda Lindas. And this first song we're going to play is called Claudia Kiki. She wrote it for a documentary.
everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today it's Friday, May 28th, 2021. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. Um, that's where <laughs> we usually are. But if you're listening for the first time, thanks for tuning in. We are located in San Francisco, which is on unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatouche Ohlone people. And for more information, please go to weeklyrev.org. And on our land acknowledgement tab, we've got a lot of links and resources and information. So again, please go to weeklyrev.org and click on the Land Acknowledgement tab. And coming up, we're going to play an interview did earlier this week, and many folks who are familiar with Mutiny Radio remember Global Val hosted a show, Women's Magazine, as well as Common Thread Collective, and it was so great to, to catch up, and we talked about the San Francisco Public Defender's Office and so much more, as well as an upcoming event that's happening that's put on by the Tenderloin Museum, and folks will be able to see that as it will be an online event. So uh, we just talked about a lot of really important and interesting things. So I'll be playing that momentarily. I did want to introduce the music that we shared here. The first song was a song I heard for the first time by a band called uh, Wise Blood, and it's called Generation Y, W-H-Y. And I heard that in a film called VHS, which I'd been wanting to see and finally got to see and enjoyed immensely. Also, I want to recommend the show Hacks uh, on HBO Max. I've been doing that as well. So always good to plug uh, art that uh, has heart to it. And, yeah, and then uh, there's a band called the Linda Lindas, and I had heard their, their Claudia Kishi song. Um, there's a documentary, lives on Netflix, about Claudia Kishi of the Babysitter's Club. I was a big fan of the series when I was younger. And um, so this performance, and I'll be playing uh, more songs throughout the show today, it was from the L.A. Public Library, and this is part of Teentastic Tuesday's AAPI Heritage Month kickoff with the Linda Lindas, and this happened on May 4th of this year. And the full video is available on YouTube, and I'll be sharing some music throughout the program uh, today. So wanting to share that. And also, it's just so encouraging seeing young people uh, put their art out there in the world. All right, I'm going to go ahead and play this uh, <laughs> interview here. I uh, pre-recorded it. That's been one thing we've been able to do with the pandemic is, I guess we could have also done it ahead of time prior to the pandemic, but that's been something that's been helpful in terms of engaging with folks who wouldn't be able to make it into the studio otherwise or do it live. So here we go. And we'll be checking in afterwards. It's about a 32-minute interview. So, And we'll also be providing links on our page at weeklyrev.org. There'll be a post up later today with um, many of the links that we're talking about, and as well as the book that Jeff Adachi wrote, and the documentaries that he has made as well. So yeah, look for that later today. All right. <laughs> well, hi, Roman. It's nice to be back on your show at Mutiny Radio. This is uh, Val Ibera, a.k.a. Global Val, uh, many, many years at Mutiny Radio, and mm -hmm. it's a pleasure to be back on the show today in a different capacity. Um, yeah. I, I now work for the San Francisco Public Defender's Office as the public information officer, um, so I'm really proud that I laid a lot of my media foundation right there at Mutiny um, to kind of bring me to this to this uh, time and place. And so I, I want to thank you for inviting me on today to talk about some of the events and projects that are going on with the Public Defender's Office. Yeah, very much looking forward to that. And I thought perhaps we could also just talk about what the uh, Public Information Officer, what are you responsible for? Well, I am the liaison for press. 
And so I uh, work on press releases and press statements, and I I, I speak with reporters and um, and do a lot of the external communications mm -hmm. for our office. Um, but I also do a lot of the internal communications as well. So I, I you know keep track of who in our office has been quoted in the press uh, any given day or week. So I, I'm you know, sending out weekly uh, news roundups to the whole department, um, which is, I think, a really interesting thing that's, uh, you know, I've been doing and building up to, and, and I do it, um, you know, regularly at this point in time. Uh, the pandemic has been an interesting gift. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, any way that we can all, you know, stay connected uh, is really important. And so um, I really enjoy being able to, um, Keep people connected within the department, even though we're not all in the building anymore. Got it. And then, uh, yeah, and and I'm also working on a few other really interesting creative projects that we're going to talk about today. That Great. Well, please um, go ahead. We can start off with the the upcoming event um, at the Tenderloin Museum, and then go from there. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm glad you reached out to me about this event. Um, so on. June 2nd at the Tenderloin Museum, um, there's going to be an event that features the, um, well, kind of the life and times, but also a specific book that was written by the late public defender, Jeff Dotti, um, who was public defender for 22 years. Mm. Uh, San Francisco still wow. is the only uh, county in, in California that has an elected public defender. Mm. Um, so uh, he's, you know, widely regarded. And respected not only as a as an amazing attorney but also as um, a filmmaker and a writer. Um, mm. So he was a bit of a Renaissance man, um, and so he had written a, a book um, prior to his passing about the first public defender of San Francisco, whose name was Frank Egan. Mm -hmm. um, uh, incidentally, this year is the 100th anniversary of the San Francisco Public Defender's Office. And so Frank Egan became public defender of San Francisco in 1921. Um, he was a former police officer, um, and he was kind of a, a man about town. Um, and then he ended up being uh, tried for murder, <clears throat> excuse me, murder and conspiracy. Oh, wow. Um, for the death of, of a, a woman in San Francisco. And so uh, the book that Jeff Adachi wrote is is the the case of Frank Egan mm -hmm. murder and scandal in the 1930s, mm. and uh, so that book is going to be featured as part of the conversation at the Tenderloin Museum, June second. Oh wow! Uh, it's it's really interesting to me. I've read the book, and we we had our own panel that you can find on our YouTube channel. Mm. But um, and, and at this particular discussion on coming up at the Tenderloin Museum. It'll be a, a panel discussion with Matt Gonzalez, who's the chief attorney in our office, um, and uh, you know, kind of our, our resident historian, if you will, um, along with Jacques Wilson, who's a longtime um, managing attorney in our office, um, both of whom worked very, very closely with Jeff Dachi. Um, and uh, it's it, the, the book itself is a really great read. Um, mm -hmm. He's writing it, you know, I mean, he's a defense attorney, but uh, there there was no actual court transcript of Frank Egan's trial. Mm. That, that, so not, not, none known in existence. Um, but 
at the time, there were so many different newspapers in San Francisco that there was a throng mm. of reporters in court every single day kind of fighting to get the, the day's headline. Um, and so he literally had to go back and piece together the history um, from the headlines and from these articles. It, I mean, it's been written about in, in some other um, respects as well. David Talbot wrote about it in the season of The Witch, mm -hmm. um, most notably and recently. Um, but the way that Jeff Adachi tells it, it, it becomes this, this gripping read um, as the investigation unfolds and, and the theatrics of the courtroom. Um, so it's uh, it's it was pretty interesting um, that it, it happened to be um, published posthumously um, in this uh, centennial year for the office. Yeah, I thought something you mentioned early on I was just curious about was that why is San Francisco the only a city in California with an elected public defender? That is a really great question. Now, I don't know why we elect one and other counties do not. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the history behind that, but there is a lot of conversation out there about, well, why do all district attorneys get elected? Why mm -hmm. do all sheriffs get elected? And mm -hmm. yet, um, most public defenders are appointed. Right. So, they, in, in, you know, politically speaking, um, it, it's a more um, precarious position to be in if you're in an appointed position. So you might be appointed by a mayor or a, or a city council. Um, and then, you know, so therefore, some of the decisions that you're making um, are, are going to get that sort of um, scrutiny mm -hmm. if you're doing things that people don't like. Um, but as, a, as an elected public defender, uh, Manoh Raju is our elected public defender now, mm -hmm. um, and he's been in the office for a dozen years um, already, and uh, was kind of the natural pick um, to, to to follow Jeff Adachi. Um But it does give our city, um, our public defender, uh, a position of um, you know just being able to answer to the public and having a little bit more independence. Um, you know, we have a policy unit, so we push for a lot of different local and statewide legislation, um, and, and we, and you know, therefore gives him, you know, a little more leverage um, in in pushing for some of the changes that we want to see in San Francisco in the days ahead. Hmm. That's I, I didn't know any of that, so thank you for sharing that information. I have learned <laughs> so much since I've been here. Uh, I feel like I accidentally. Um, you know, jumped into law school. Mm. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's it's really quite the journey. And it's really inspiring as well. I bet. I bet. And yes, this upcoming event sounds really interesting, as well as the book. I was looking at the uh, link from the Tenderloin Museum that they sent. So it looks, looks very fascinating. Yeah, and, th and they've shown some of his films in the past. And, um, mm -hmm. and actually, they're going to show one of his uh, documentary shorts that evening as well. Um, and, and to kind of tie in uh, to both filmmaking and the Tenderloin, and um, we have a new program, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, an art and media initiative um, that, that our office has started called the Adachi Project. Oh, um, cool. And it's inspired by Jeff, and, you know, and obviously named after him mm -hmm. um, because he really wanted to use film documentary film to, um, you know, to, to broaden um, 
the lens and, and let the public see kind of the ins and outs of, of the system that we don't often see. And so the Adachi project that we've started just in the past, um, we've just been working on it for the past year or so, and we've finally got a final approval, <clears throat> excuse me, by the city <clears throat> uh, back in December. Um, and, and, that, and, that's, and that's part of our goal there, which is we wanna illuminate these unseen perspectives and amplify these unheard voices uh, mm -hmm. of people who are impacted the most by the criminal legal system. Yes. Uh, those who are caught up in it for one one reason or another. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, we've we've put out three films so far. And um, the first one that we released actually is about um, a halfway house in the Tenderloin. Mm. Uh, the address of it is 111 Taylor Street. Yes. So the, the name yeah. of the film is 111 Taylor during the pandemic. So it happened to be... Um, you know, we were kind of interested in in highlighting um, the the ins and outs of of what it means for people who are living, uh, you know, are on parole, and it happened to be that the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. and um, we had a couple of clients who were living at 111 Taylor, which is owned and operated by Theo Group, the multi-billion-dollar oh. private prison industry um, corporation, <sighs> rather. Mm -hmm. um, so Geo Group runs 111 Taylor, and um, our clients who are living there were saying, that, you know, this is scary. We don't know what's going on. Right. Um, and we have that kind of unique relationship with with these folks because we, the rural we here, are their public defenders, and they, they trust their public defenders um, probably more than anybody else in the entire system. Uh, and so um, we ended up getting a camera to, to um, one of these people, uh, who began recording what was going on and the lack of social distancing and the fact that people inside were having to uh, clean, you know, but weren't didn't have the proper PPE, um, mm -hmm. weren't necessarily being told to wear masks, or some people were not allowed to wear a mask because mm -hmm. of their parole conditions. Um, and so uh, that, that uh, so I definitely recommend... Um, uh, all of these films are available on wearedefender.com. Mm -hmm. um, what's, I mean, 111 Taylor has already had some impact. Um, there's a, there was a, another res, uh, there was another outbreak of COVID-19 um, just this past January that mm -hmm. was exposed by a current resident. Um, that current resident, um, or the resident at the time, um, is Keith Malik Washington, who's the mm -hmm. uh, new editor-in-chief of the Bayview. SF Bayview yeah. National Black Newspaper. So he exposed a, a new outbreak, and he, he's not our client, but, um, you know, he talked to Tim Redman at 48 Hills, told him about this outbreak. Tim Redman called the uh, 111 Taylor. They lied. They denied that there was an outbreak there. <sighs> then they had to eat their words after they showed them the document that had been posted in the center. Um, and then uh, Malik Washington's faced a lot of retaliation from mm -hmm. the uh, GEO Group and the Bureau, Federal Bureau of Prisons. Um, that he's now suing them um, mm -hmm. uh, because of that retaliation. But our the, our film came out right when all of that was happening, so it helped to kind of bolster his case yes. um, and to show this this long ongoing pattern of uh, neglect um, against people who are who are you know among the most marginalized folks in our society. Yes, um, and during a global pandemic, when everyone deserves to be safe. 
and um, our institutions. We've seen so many um, failings of various institutions throughout this pandemic. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, it was lending a, a glimpse into that, um, you know, against the, the recklessness of the private prisons, prison uh, industry. Mm -hmm. um, but, but the interesting now tie-in, I, I may be going, you know, a little bit fast and deep here. No, there's um, a lot to get to, but yeah, go for it. The um, 111 Taylor, uh, the address right there, is happens to be the site of the Compton Cafeteria riot. Mm -hmm. And so there's a movement from the Transgender Cultural District of San Francisco, which is the only cult transgender cultural district in the world that mm -hmm. that's so that we that I know of, or that yeah. we know of, um, and they are trying to reclaim spaces. And so, um, so that is another kind of piece of the puzzle, or or piece of the of the uh, of what we're building. Um, so now our office is involved in trying to bolster that effort. Um, unfortunately, Geo Group owns that building, um, and so it's. It, but you know, I mean, change doesn't. Sometimes change happens overnight, but sometimes we push for it, and yes, um, yes. and it comes later. You know, it took about eight years to shut down uh, the jail at 850 Bryant. Yes, that happened. That's right. um, yes, yes. And we're going to close down Juvenile Hall at the end of this mm -hmm. year. So that's happening. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a good reminder. Changes afoot. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I think sometimes it's easy to feel uh, like it's you know constantly uh, pushing a rock uphill. Like there's like if there's so much to undo, um, and at the same time, it's important to remember the victories that have happened. Right, right, and to and to keep looking at the horizon mm -hmm. um, for those for those spots of light, for those openings, for those opportunities. Um, it's it's stoked for us. Um, you know, the need to really address what happens. I mean, we were already focused on this, but particularly now uh, focusing on what happens to people who are, when they're released from prison. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people still receive $200 in gate money, which is the same amount that they received like in the, you know, 30 years ago. Um, and, you know, if you've been in prison for, any amount of time that uh, you know, you might not have clothes that you're ready to mm -hmm. walk out the door in. So right. you know, you can buy your sweats and t-shirt out of, with your gate money, and by the time you're out the door, you know, you got a hundred bucks. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Far. Right. You know, so um, so it's a, um, it's it's a, an area we're really looking at is what happens with you know people who actually are released, um, mm -hmm. and go to you know, re-entry places like like halfway houses, mm -hmm. um, but um, unfortunately, so many of them are now owned and operated by the private prison industry. Mm -hmm. um, but so you know, wanting to shift those kind of resources to community-based programs who actually yes. have, you know, the incentive and and the and their compassion rooted in the community, right? Um, and wanting to see what you know people do their best. Yes. Um, but of course, in the private prison industry, it, their you know, profits are the bottom line. Right, right. Yeah, it makes me think, I've, I write to a couple of folks who are incarcerated and just hearing what was happening during the pandemic and how 
so many folks got infected and how so many people who are working there just did not, and this was in California, just did not care and how heartbreaking that is. It's like already into being also just to be cut off from visitors, from like family and also just how expensive it is to either to email or to call or to buy uh, goods at the commissary, just like soap and just things that I think a lot of us take for granted. It's just, it's so heinous, honestly. Yes, it, it is. And right now, actually, uh, this week and, and probably continuing on next week, um, there's a hearing in Marin County Superior Court mm. um, against, there, there's, a, it's three, over 300 petitioners from San Quentin, San Quentin. Mm-hmm. have filed for habeas uh, corpus, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, which is claiming Eighth Amendment uh, violations of cruel and unusual punishment deliberate indifference on be, on the uh, behalf of the state um, California Correct, Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation and also San Quentin um, because of the heinous transfer of 121 people from 